you. Are now about to witness everything crashing out to the floor and uh, the awesome, uh, a crushing, uh, everybody might <laughs> of the you, Gene. S. Robinson Show Stop Welcome, my friends, to a show that seemingly never sort of kind of ever ends. Woo! Bob is singing this in like he has every day, every week since 2007. Stigmata, intro, all of nothing from the record calling of the just. Yeah. This is version a two, a one, a nine of the You Just Robs the Showstopper. Before we get into the meat of things, let's let Bob sing us in. Off of a record that's still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they shoot you to death in a nightclub, hit your car with a hammer, and run your mayor pro tem out of town. Oh, it's a show. It's a show. It's a show. Let me organize stuff right as Bob's about to come in. I'm going to balance very delicately. You should see the setup I have. Yeah, sure. I got a table in the other room. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. All right, my friends. All right. Take a screenshot of this face. And if you got something else to do now, you can just kill the video and walk around and listen. But know that this is the face that I'll be making for the next 60 minutes. Okay, first the commercials. We'll get to the commercials right away so we can get to the show so I don't have to go over like I did last week. Pinko95014 at yahoo.com is a PayPal address. Uh, Eugene-Robinson-28, I believe, is Venmo. Uh, Cash app would be Planet Oxbow, O-X-B-O-W. Or patreon.com slash the stomper, or the old fashioned way through P.O. Box 19271, Stanford, California, 94309. If you so choose to support the show, uh, it, it, though you should know listening is enough. Of course, I might get some things to make the show look better if I had the cash or the will or the ability to, but that's not what we're here to talk about. The show, st- uh, the, the, the look what you made me do, the sub stack is out and it's about, uh, um, it's kind of an off week for it because the only thing I'm obsessed with is lying. And I remember somebody once said to me, half in jest and half legitimately had said to me, it's not so much that I lie, and you've heard me repeat this on the show, it's just that I say things that don't come true, which if you listen to the, the, the sentence structure, uh, uh, you know, of, of that comment, it, 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 we, we have taken the subjective and made it objective. It's not like I didn't tell uh, what you thought I was saying. I didn't sleep with your wife. Look, that was just something that the idea that I hadn't. There was something that just didn't come true. 
I was not an actor. I, I don't I don't like lying. This is what actually used to drive me craziest about being at Ozzy. And and the, the one aspect, you know, like everybody, like somebody at, at Jiu-Jitsu was saying, I've been trying to get Eugene for years. Like get something that actually gets under his skin. And I failed for years, for like 10 years. And this guy, Ukrainian guy, strolls in there. He's only been there training with us for like two years. And he actually hit on it. Now, they, he just said something that was so out of pocket that I was like, whoa, bro, what the fuck are you talking about? He made some comment about the quality of my parenting. And I was like, you know, first of all, you got to realize that to be a successful parent in my mind, you got to do one thing and one thing only. Just be better than your parents a little bit. <laughs> Not by much, just a little bit. So if my father is here, I'm like this. So this is, this is but, it, you know, he, he got me with the, the grandparenting thing. But, you know, and yeah, and like Mr. Is, I'm, I'm largely the same way. So my ex-boss, Carlos Watson, used to uh, routinely call me a liar. And it drove me fucking crazy. And he knew it. That was like the only thing that really bugged me. Because lying assumes that I am afraid of you. And either I'm too stupid to know what the truth is. Or I am afraid of you and afraid to let you in on what the truth is. Or, 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 so too stupid to know what the truth is. Afraid of you. Or am so uncertain of my standing in the universe that we share that I believe I have to vouchsafe some kind of lie to make myself look better and and or avoid punishment. So those four things. Now, I've written stories before about the crazy West Indian when I was nine years old who had a wrench and was about to knock my skull in. In that instance, I lied quite well. Like, like uh, the guy once said on the stand, I'm a willing participant in a double murder if it keeps me from being murdered. He was on a ship and the ship's captain suddenly shotgunned two people. He had taken a charter boat, had, you know, boom, boom, shotgun these people to death on the charter boat. Then turns to the third guy in the boat and says, give me a hand with these bodies. <laughs> All right. Give me a hand with the bodies. Okay. I'll give you a hand with the bodies because I'm not going to go. I'm going to go to the police as soon as I get out of here. Yeah, I got news for you, Pally. Attitude like that, you may not be getting out of there. So I just hated the the idea that that I would lie. And now, lifelong martial arts, I am afforded the luxury of of, of not having to lie. This is why my, my wife routinely will ask me things that uh, that make other husbands' knees buckle. Do you like this or do you like that? Outfit wise. So I like that one. Why? The other one makes you look uh, like a uh, uh, like a Serbo-Croatian hooker, and that's not bad. But I don't know that's a look you're going for for a school visit. And she was like, "Whoo, <laughs> okay, okay." I said, "What you you know? If you ask me." You're gonna get what? Do you, what? Somebody doesn't like my take. What are you gonna hit me? They're gonna hit me. They're gonna hit me. If they don't like my take, they're gonna hit me. Do you think your t- my take will be improved by you hitting me? It doesn't work that way. So, uh, so this week, I, you know, what's always got me is the 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 bald faced right to your face, stabbing you in the back, right in front of your face. That's always blowing my mind. I never know how to deal with that. And in fact, one of one of the girlfriends I had, she was probably a pretty horrible person. In t- well, let's say she was a very horrible person, given that she asked me to murder her husband. Let's talk about that. But I have to say, in her defense, as I have publicly defended her before, I had to say, um, no, she never bullshit me. <laughs> she never did. Now, you know, I've had people look me in the face and say, Eugene, I haven't had sex with Vincent the hairdresser. 
or is it Victor? It's been so long that my I forgot. I think it was Vincent. Eugene, I have it. Look me in the face when, in actual fact, not only had you had sex with Vincent the hairdresser, Vincent Victor the hairdresser, but you got pregnant by him. And because you had had so many abortions, you were not going to have another abortion. So, uh, you know, you want to be with me, you got to raise a hairdresser's kid. Yeah, that's not happening. And what's wild about that is that kid could be listening today, and that kid would now be... That kid would be 38 years old. (laughs) Sorry. If your dad is named Victor or, or Vincent, I used to have sex with your mom. <laughs> so there's a bit, so, and I'm just giving you this little bit of a prelude. One, because it'll segue into our discussion of judging soon. And it also explains the Substack, which you should have read already because you should subscribe to it. So it just comes as an email thing. It's free if you choose to take it free, if you're one of those people. So there's been a raft this week because of the January 6th day of just you know, of, of out and out lying. And to a certain degree, I have to have uh, respect for it. It's not that I lie, offloading the responsibility for it from subjective to objectivity. It's just that I say things that don't come true. Yeah, you know what? <clears throat> That's a lot of wiggly, wiggly, wiggly stuff. I mean, the reality of it is it, it, that most of us don't have to lie. I, the mafia guy who was waving the pound, the hundred pound plate, and told me he was going to crack my skull if if there was one more peep out of me. That wasn't a lie. He was probably telling the truth, and I didn't have to lie to get out of that. But I would have if I had to. So, it, it, keep in mind, <clears throat> survival is very different for me from from. Any other reasons why people might lie? <clears throat> Sorry, I just ate some cheese. So uh, that explains the subject. So I'm looking at people and I'm watching uh, the Donald throw his daughter under the bus. You know, what are they like? <laughs> you may never go to prison. But there's one thing that, uh, that, uh, that an attorney told me. This guy, not only was he attorney, he was a former cop. It became a DEA agent, was an attorney, and had not gone back to academia and had done this massive research study on incarceration and arrest. And so he goes, I can tell you out of everything that I've, I've looked at, all my years of research, all my years of research, I can tell you one thing that you should never do. What's that? Never, ever talk to the police. Ever, ever. If they are coming to talk to you, you do not talk to them. Now, if you're having problems and you go to talk to them, well, that's fine. But never, ever talk to police. There's a whole system structured around keeping you from ever needing to talk to police. Unless you're on fire. (laughs) If you're on fire, you should notify the police. Hello, I'm on fire. No, no, I mean physically on fire. No, I don't mean I took too much pre-workout. I mean there are flames on my body. Yeah. And then they tell you, that's exactly. Yeah, the cops at that point say, you know what? Why don't you call a fucking fireman? Click. (laughs) Okay. You never talk, you never, you never talk to, I mean, because, so I, I, to a certain degree, understand the Trump methodology. I can say whatever the fuck I want when I'm saying it. But the daughter then says, I'm not gonna I'm not talking to God, I'm not gonna talk to God. Gets a subpoena. Okay, they're gonna be penalties for ignoring the subpoena. I'm gonna they got hundred thousand dollars now in debt like a day to whatever he's getting all right the daughter's like, I got nothing to hide. I got nothing to hide. Subjectivity, objectivity. There's nothing here that's worth hiding. Goes and talks. Nobody knows what she says, but they released it this week. And she's like, not only did I know that the election, uh, uh, fraudulent election stuff was bullshit, 
I told my father it was bullshit. He heard this from me. Like, can you imagine the chagrin of a man who's like, have I taught my children nothing? One thing when your hand's on the Bible, what does that even mean? Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God? What is it? The guy says, Eugene, Eugene, swear on my, the lives of my children. I didn't take your money. Hmm. You didn't take my money. <laughs> Out of all the things you could take from me, that's probably the first thing you would take. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so the daughter says, "Look, this is what we did." So the father's like, "Okay." Everybody's like, "Hey, you know what she just said?" I mean, this is the way these trials work. This is the way they construct the house against you. She just said that you already knew. He's like, "What?" She has no idea. She was out of the loop. Who, the, who was she? Who was I don't even know. Is that, is that even my daughter? Is that even my daughter? And as a philosophical stance, there's a certain genius to that. Did I just say that? I didn't even say that. Did you hear me say that? The thing about the genius. Did I actually say that? I don't even know if I said Prove to me that I said it. You run the tape back and said, you know, yeah, there's you. In the Isn't that you? I had a guy walk up to me, and keep in mind, on the cusp of the internet happening, now it's impossible, but before, I used to have to hide my stuff. Well, it was easy to hide. I could be Clark Kent. People go, what are you doing this weekend, Eugene? I go, I'm gardening. Yeah, okay, gardening. Some guy walks into the office and goes, oh, Eugene, rip, opens up the magazine and goes, I just saw one of those local free papers they have everywhere, a big full-page article on Oxbow. Opens it up, big picture of me. I saw your article waving it around the office. And I look at it, I go, oh, yeah. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, that everybody confuses us. He's going to say, you're saying that's not you. I said, I'm just saying people confuse us. Subjectivity, objectivity. It's not, I'm not, I'm not. People confuse. Punchline. The shirt that I'm wearing in the photograph is the shirt that I'm wearing when I'm denying the existence of me being in the photograph. Did the guy believe me? Did I care that he didn't believe me? He walked off shaking his head, completely confused about what had just happened. And he stopped talking about trumpeting it around the office. So I was like, finally, I said to him, we were leaving. I was like, uh... Uh, okay. That's not going to get me a raise. The only thing for the only reason for me to talk about stuff at work that's going to is stuff is going to get me a raise. Me being an oxbow is not going to get me a raise. It's not until Wong duty that they actually say, no, no, we don't hold your outside life against you. This is to your benefit here. So, wow. Okay. That's cool. Because I was spending a lot of energy post Google ducking and dodging. Be careful what you say, because you'll know who's going to read or listen or watch. So, so, so I look, look, I understand there's a certain genius, but you realize it never stops. Hitler talked about the three types of secrets. You already know what they are. Those I keep from you, those we share, and those about future events as yet unknown. Again, subjective to the object. So future president, no, what are we, these are secrets, not lies, very different. But there are a whole lot of gray areas between, as you move between the subjective and objective. It seems to me, I believe, to my best recollection, I don't know. I asked my Trump guys, do you think that, uh, do you think that there was a, a massive uh, election fraud? I don't know, is what they tell me. Taking the, taking the subjective off the table. Objectively, they say, I believe there could have been. Monkeys could fly. There's certain types of howler monkeys I've heard that they have the flaps in the skin or flying. You don't think squirrels could fly? What do you think a fucking flying squirrel is? Could be. I don't know. What do I know? In fact, unless I've seen you face to face, I could deny the reality of your existence. 
prove to me that you exist. I mean, we had a whole book, Meditations by Descartes, a whole book on the reality of existence. And the best he could do, the best he could do is to come up with, uh, I think, therefore I am. In other words, I think I am, therefore I am. Uh, Frenchman, you're not fooling me. Thinking I am is not the same as being I am. This is, my fingers have deceived me before. Sometimes I grab a potato and I thought it was an apple. I was wrong. How do I know they're not deceiving me now? My eyes, I don't know. Maybe thought it was my wife that ended up being an inner tube. I don't know. I Maybe I'm confused. So, 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 so uh, this week you had, you know, all this kind of celebration of, but it's all part and parcel of the same disease in my mind. There's a great poem by uh, uh, Wallace Stevens talking about the man with the blue guitar who plays things as they are. You reread that poem. It struck me in the same way that the movie The Servant struck me. I got it. Like it was especially written for me. The color, the sound, objective versus subjective. And and the reason why every society's moral system decries the existence of a liar is because they undercut. I, I actually think I'm watching rewatching the omen. It turns out I've never seen it. I've never seen it. The original omen, the remake of the omen, not the re-remake of the omen. And I should have seen it because they sponsored a big Oxbow show on June 6th. <laughs> 2006, the one with Liv Shriver, Shriver, whatever his name is, and Julia Stiles. That one I never, I'm watching, I go, I don't remember this. I don't remember this. I don't remember this. Turns out I've never seen it. And they sponsored an Oxbow show, Oxbow and Neurosis. So we all abhor, abhor, abhor liars but it, it dawns on me that maybe this is the most advanced philosophical stance it says it says writ large none of this means anything did i just say the word anything i don't know did i what does that word mean it could mean everything it could mean anything that word anything so you know if we're all going to try to hew to an objective standard and this talk is all well and good as long as you're not standing on a on a railroad track if you're standing on a railroad track, I suggest you take a step, two or three steps to the right, or two or three steps to the left, and then you can continue philosophizing. If you're standing between two tracks on a railroad track, unless you are very certain it's an unused railroad track, you might save the philosophizing for later because uh, you will become one with non-existence, which implies that you are presently existing and we have no proof of that. So in a lot of ways, there's something really super philosophically sophisticated about what Trump is doing. The issue for me is not that he's doing it. <laughs> the issue for me is why and how. The how is because it undermines public confidence. If if, if I tell you, hey, man, I'm going to meet you at one o'clock and 20 times out of 20, I never show up. The Trump universe says a couple of things. It says, if you show up the 21st time, you are a fucking idiot for having done that. And it also says, it also says, whatever word structure generated a thought in your head that led you to believe that at one o'clock I would be there those other 20 times is unreliable. Not so much that I lied. I just said stuff that didn't come true. Okay, a lot of it's pretty philosophically advanced, you know, or taken to catch 22 land. If you show up, I wasn't there 20 times before. You would be a fool to think I would be there the 21st time. The system justifies itself. That's the objectivity. The lie becomes the truth. 
What kind of doctrinaire moron are you that you're insisting on this objective truth where none exists? And this is the miracle about what Trump is doing because he knows he's lying. We know he's lying. His insistence that he's lying still manages to fool people that he's not lying. So it's doubly effective. <laughs> and this is why, like I said in the Substack from two weeks ago, I am leaving this country. <laughs> it's not like it's better in other places, but if I go to a place where I don't speak the language, I could just tune it out by not concentrating. I'll know all I need to know. I had a girlfriend once who said to me, you know, I was, you know, in that old fashioned mode of like, well, you know, I've got to explain stuff. And again, explain stuff using words and thought structures to allay paranoia and concern. And she's like, I don't want to deal with any of that shit. She doesn't want to, I don't want to deal with it. She says, I will trust that you will tell me all I need to know. <laughs> Feral survival mode is, is completely legitimate. <laughs> I mean, when this becomes a way of life, this is what you do. They talk about, I always used to love this idea. And I talked about to this about Marty G that I always heard that you with martial arts, you do it so often, it becomes instinct. So all of this jujitsu kind of, um, this jujitsu, uh, 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 OCD stuff. Uh, that's not the word I'm looking for. You know, uh, autism, uh, uh, what is it? Asperger stuff. Okay. This Google's that Google thing. That Google's, I don't want to do that. I don't know you guys try to explain moves to me. I drill terribly. Put this arm here. You put this here. You blah, blah. Nah, nah. I, I want to do stuff enough times I can just do it. And don't have to think about it. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah, they, they, Trump was not. He's never. You know, but it's become such a habit. It's become instinctive, instinctual. Just do it. Just do it. Just does it. You run in and we'll go, what a nice day. He goes, who says? And that's part of the New York character, which is what I tied into the substance. It's just part of the New York character. Like you look at Colin Quinn special. The <laughs> guy says, God forbid you the guy asks you, where'd you get that peach? Where'd you get that ice cream? I got it over there. Is it good? Is it good? Yeah, it's good. Don't stick around because if it's bad, the guy comes back and says, You said this was good. You think this is good? This sucks. And you told me it was good. And the guy might even demand his money from you. No, you get out. So, in other words, we live in a universe, and it's not like you have, he's the solo cheerleader for this. We have several cheerleaders for this. In fact, it's if there's any dividing line that's more, look, if there's any dividing line, I'm going to get in a controversial territory, that's more than definite, it is this one. Now, now, uh, they... I, sorry for those of you who participated, asked me last week why I retweeted the Yahoo article about Lena Dunham and her swimsuit. I said, well, it ties into last week's substack. It also probably ties into this week's substack. Because I understand that that was bait. Right? First of all, unless you really lack imagination, there's not a single person within the sound of my voice right now who can't imagine what every other single person here looks like naked. Somebody accused me to go, that's pretty anti-romantic. And I go, and yet true. The solid core, the solid core around which all this flesh is wrapped is, is the meaty center that we all want. Your soul. But the outside, generally, it's all the fucking same. Like Dave Chappelle says about Michael Jackson's dick. He says, let me guess. Two, two balls and a cock. A little hair, whatever. It's not markedly different. The 12-year-old boy in me was like, hell, naked ladies. Okay, that's fine. So Lena Dunham puts up this bikini shot of hers, making no effort, no filters, no makeup. Probably the way Lena Dunham looks when she gets out of bed in the morning is how she looked in that photograph. But it's a challenge. Subjective to the objective. And the challenge is, go ahead and say something about how unattractive I am. 
which is fine. I love bait. I love bait. Let's go for the bait. I don't know because I know that's why you're doing it because I don't like it to be manipulated. So it's like, great. Here's your photo. There's you. Legs, gut, titties, swimsuit on the beach, whatever. Happy. It's not about you. I got, oh, okay, I got that argument. It's not about you. It's not about you. It's about me and how I feel and self-care and I'm embracing. Perfect. I'm 100% behind you on that one. You go, girl. You do you. Fine. Uh, I, I want to be liberated from the male gaze. Fine. Your judgment is shit. Look at you. Well, I work out seven days a week, so I'm 59 years old, but uh, whatever. It's not, I, we're not, it's not a competition. You do you. I'm, I'm happy. Fine. Good for you. Go do it. And we can say all the supportive shit we want, but to quote Sylvia from the song Pillow Talk, a great song that will make everybody uncomfortable, I suggest you play it on Thanksgiving at dinner. Just for the simulated fuck noises. But she says, my friends all tell me it's all right, but they don't have to follow you on some cold and lonely nights. So she's saying, we could talk about all this objectivity, but when I go home at night, a cold and lonely night, or like Morrissey sings, like Morrissey sings, if you're so fabulous, why are you alone tonight? Actually, you're going to hear something that nobody's ever heard before, and I haven't figured out how to address it. Morrissey asked me for a reading list. I'm not even fucking kidding. I'm watching the fights last night, and I'm watching them on the phone. The phone rings. I was like, ah, shit. So before it shifts over from the prelims to the full fight, I go, let me call dude back. And I'm calling. He says, hey, listen, I got a, I got a, I got a weird question for you. You know, Morrissey. And I was like, whoa, Morrissey? Morrissey? Morrissey. So I gave him a, re- I go, I'm shocked you even should ask me. You know, I got books out. And he's like, yeah, yeah, but other people. Oh. So I had to give Morrissey a reading list. But he says, if you're so famous, why are you alone tonight? You can say all this all supportive stuff, all this back slapping, glad handing, embrace your true nature. And the person goes home and they're still alone. And that mirror at home doesn't fucking lie. As expansive and all embracing as I've been, I've done stuff that I'm sure none of you have done. How many of you have dated somebody who's over 300 pounds? Well, date is a strong word. (laughs) How many of you have sexual contact with somebody who's over 300 pounds? The number doesn't mean anything. That's not the point. Point is willingness to go there. So we could all go from the subjective to the objective and say, but I I put up the Lena Dunham thing. Lena Dunham is the same woman who was upset that a black guy sitting next to her wasn't paying attention to her at some celebrity dinner. She's not offering anything, doesn't have a TV show or book or anything. Just here I am, social media oversharing. Is it only oversharing? What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. So we can all say the world is now divided between people who think who think that it is politically opportune to say that she looks great and she's brave for having done this. Really, what they're implying is that she's brave for having done it without filters because she's bucking the objective standard. But you can't buck the objective standard. The sun is fucking hot. Objectively. So you look for these anchor points you know, your apartment is empty, objectively. You look for these anchor points upon which you can structure thoughts and words that make sense. <laughs> You're a brave man, <laughs> man, Mr. J.A., because unless you can bench press 275 pounds, and I thought this when I was in the middle of this, Unless I could bench, at the time, fortunately, I could bench press over 300 pounds. But I said, this person has a heart attack. No joke. You know, you got to get them off and then so you don't die under there. That's not, we're not making, hey, how fat? Listen, hey, the cops come up and they say, break it up, break it up. That's how fat. Sit around the house. They sit around the house. No more fat jokes. I'm sorry. So when we talk about judging, 
You never thought I'd get to the MMA, did you? When we talk about judging, um, yeah, you know, what, what are we talking about? Now, let's. I'm just going to bop around uh, because this is a comparison point between two fights. I picked uh, Valentina to win. And Valentina won, but I feel no, I feel no joy in Valentina's win. Now, Steph, uh, we, you know, we record Care Don't Care this morning. I just recorded it, and it'll come out Monday afternoon. But Steph was like, I watched the fight and thought that Valentina won fairly. And I'm sure when I rewatch the fight, which I plan to do as soon as the show is over, I will feel even more that way. This is to roughly paraphrase paraphrase uh, uh, uh steph and i said you know i didn't think that i didn't think that uh um i didn't think that uh, um i didn't think that she won but i was perfectly happy i was perfectly having her t- get the decision why because champions often have these moments and i'm talking about johnny boney joni and santos johnny boney joni and and uh uh, uh reyes Johnny Bonigioni, and who was the third guy? Uh, and Gustafson. And Johnny Bonigioni said something pretty sage. He goes, he only co- he copped to, he goes, all right, I didn't take the mauler seriously. And the others, Santos and Reyes, he was like, what happened to those guys after they fought me? I don't have to run faster than the bear. I just got to run faster than you. So, you know, so... And what you saw, if you listen to last week's show, is completely counter to what we've been seeing. She was taken down and held down by a person who didn't do any offensive jujitsu to advance anything other than this. Right? Going for the rear naked choke, got the body lock. That's not advancing a position. That's somebody who's hoping to get lucky. Julia Pena's dead, but we'll get to that. So you need, if you know, you want to see, you want to see good offensive jujitsu. That was Glover Teixeira. We'll get to that. So by the time we get to the end, while I thought this is a weird stratagem that Valentina is taking her down, Valentina it was wanting to make a comparison point. I can take this person down like this person took me down. This person took me down and held me down. I am holding her down and I am advancing an offensive line. I'm elbowing. I'm moving. I'm even going for an occasional attempt at submission, a head and arm. This is what ground ground offense looks like. Not just holding me on the ground. Exactly. Exactly. And so, however, 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 in other words, I'm giving a nod to like, I love Valentina. She's a friend of Ozzy. I did a feature on her. You remember on Ozzy. I love her. Um, I didn't think it was the strongest win, but uh, a couple of things. One, if you don't think next week, whatever holes she believes that she has, if you don't believe they will begin immediately addressing them next week, you are absolutely wrong. She will spackle those holes. And so whoever fights her next, if you're thinking, oh, those doors are still going to be left open, you are wrong. You are fucking wrong. That's not how she rolls. This was your one chance. Val's had one chance. Didn't pull it off. That's fine. When we talk about a score of 49 to 46, you're like, hmm, objective, subjective. What criteria are we being used? Hmm? And Mr. Is here, we'll get to it. What criteria is being used? What vision quest was due on? What were you, were you cheating? Using the patented Eugene Robinson roving eye technique. Were you cheating? <laughs> okay. Okay. That beggars and listen. Let me let me let me let me tell you. Let me let me lay out a scenario by which that guy starts to think. You know what? If I get, I can't deliver a forty nine forty eight because if one of these other knuckleheads goes off the reservation, then the person who I believe legitimately won this fight will lose. So 
you know, I'm not impressed with he take you down and hold you. I'm not seeing any offensive jujitsu that's impressing me. I'm seeing and I'm not seeing this is not some kind of sporting jujitsu. I'm also seeing Valentina pop up from that. You're not, in other words, on a long enough timeline doing what you're doing, you're not going to win this fight. And you're getting pieced, pieced up standing up. Understood that. So she won. She was my pick to win. I'm a fan, supporter. She's a friend of the show. It's fine. I'm okay with her winning. I wasn't happy about her winning. But I was, I, the difference is I am absolutely beyond myself with misery about Teixeira losing. You had to know that. And I was not alone. Steph was sobbing last night. Self-reported, told me. I wasn't at her house, told me. She was sobbing last night. And Jiri was her pick. First of all, we know from having been a known associate of uh, of Gil Melendez, we know um, we know that uh, uh, they they these organizations are involved in myth making. It's a job. It's what they do. They myth make. So one of the things I remember about Gibbler at the time is that the f- film crew said we're going to roll into your house. You know, you guys, you guys are, uh, you guys have got any, any pets or, yeah, so yeah, we got a cat and a dog. We're going to meet him at his parents' house, like in Marina Del Rey, which is where Gil's from, I think. And they're like, well, no, like chickens, (laughs) chickens. That's like somebody doing a package on me and saying, well, why don't we do it at dinner? What do you, you, what do you have for dinner? And so I I don't know, probably chickpeas and, and uh, cauliflower. I said, well, is the watermelon on the menu? What? Come on, we're trying to do a package, you know? They wanted chickens. He's like, my fucking parents are doctors. What are you talking about? What, you think we're doing cockfighting out by the pool in Marina Del Rey? What are you talking about? So they roll in there. And when we say they, we know what we mean, right? <laughs> okay. So they roll in there to Jiri and they say, let's do a package on Jiri. He, you know, he's this crazy guy. He lives in the, you ever been to Prague? Uh, okay. How long did you have to hunt before you find the waterfall? And the dude's screaming and he's, and look, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's just a kid. He's in his twenties. He's like, oh, they're going to do a TV show on me. That's cool. That's great. Oh, let's get, like when I was on the Jenny Jones. So I don't want you to go out there and think, Think like a Stanford graduate, like the editor-in-chief of a major publication. I, I want you to go out there and just think like a man. I go, I'm always thinking like a man. They go, well, not that just, you know, just a, you know, just a raw take. I was like, I, I said, I know what you want. This is fucking this monkey shit. You're not going to get the monkey shit. It's like, I've gotten really, I've gotten really disengaged with the, 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 the public eye the public gaze that justifies the existence of pointing that gaze at any person with black skin, as long as they're doing something wild. Like, like Dave Chappelle says in that skit, when keeping it real goes wrong. Yeah. Oh, you want me to do a little soft shoe? (laughs) Back when he was funny, you know, get a five in the back, get a little shuffle. So every time, listen, you know, uh, uh, Afro, I sign up for the new Afro Punk newsletter. Afro Punk newsletter, give me the high hand, Afro Punk. There's another Afro Punk about, it. and you know, and, there, and there's some white folks who run it. Whatever, it's the reality. I don't have to duck and dodge with you. I'm telling you, it's the reality. And I was like, oh, these all these exotic photos of exotic black folks doing exotic things, and where, you know, what, what's exotic for me? If that those exotic black folks with those exotic clothes and those exotic things in their hair, the exotic things in their teeth, exotic glasses, were working on some exotic uh, uh, boards, corporate boards. That that I would like, because the Twain is meeting now. At this point, right? You got all these CEOs going to Burning Man, coming back, blasted out of their mind, and now they say, "Well, okay, I took I'm just taking a lot of acid, like in the '60s." I'm microdosing. It makes me more creative at work. Give me some of that exoticness. Jobs I can go to high on acid. You know? 
Yeah, to get paid quick, you got to suck a fat dick. Whatever. That's not the point. So when Glover loses his fight, by he's going along, and at this point, who I, I like Jerry, now I hate Jerry. They made me hate him. The samurai. He's in the woods and he's embracing the thing. Their stupid fucking lack of imagination package made me hate the guy. And if you think that guy won that fight, yes, he did win the fight, but he didn't beat Glover. And that's the difference. Glover lost the fight, but Glover wasn't beaten by the guy who won the fight. Glover made a fucking stupid mistake. Why? How? Don't know. Can't ascribe it to old guy shit like, I know I got 28 seconds left. Fuck it. I'm going to try something. I want to put a seal on this. It wasn't like he thought he was in doubt. All the judges' cards, he was ahead. He just had to coast that last 28 seconds. That's not the kind of cat he is. That was a great ending for people who like great. It was a great fight with a great ending, not the ending that made people happy. It made people sob, even people who pushed for the other guy. It wasn't five rounds of domination. And even there's a quote by Yuri today, but I didn't like the fight. I did poorly, and uh, I don't, I don't like, I don't like leaving all bloody. I like to leave clean. He was a mess at the end. Looked much worse than Glover. Glover's gonna do that to him. Glover finally, before Wednesday, started talking about a rematch, and he's got to get that rematch in, in under six months. Do not give this guy time to spackle up those holes. He can't. He could wrestle every day between now and the next six months, and he's not pulling out a win over over uh, to share. Teixeira can also pick up, you know, spackle some holes. But this was like snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. This is the kind of stuff that will make make you lose your mind. Because it underscores the brutal objectivity of a a world around us that does not care. So it's less about the subjective thing like, oh, I'm going to try this. Oh, he's slipping off my back. Oh, I'm going to try this move. Oh, that's pretty tight. There's a certain point. Okay, let's get back to a little subjective reality. There's a certain point at which a guy like me who does jujitsu says, says, that guy's got that pretty tight. Guy in gi today. I was tired. Guy had the gi and had it across my chin. He's pulling. He's. I can feel him pulling for all of his might. And then in my head, I, I do an accounting. I go, is this a submission hold? I go, people would tap to this, but it is not a submission hold in the strictest of senses. By which I mean, if I do not tap to this, something will be irrevocably broken. Irrevocably broken. If that can't be said, arm bar, neck crank, ankle, heel hook, leg lock, if you can't say that about it, in my mind, it becomes a punishment hold. And then there are a lot of, if you do a Christmas tree, there are a lot of things that happen after that. Okay, so when I got, if I can't clear the guy's neck and I got a gi across his chin, people like Eugene talk so much when he's rolling. There's a reason behind that. I got this here. One of the ways to to resist is just to tighten up everything here. But if I get a guy to talk and I'm a complete prick, which sometimes I am, if I can get a guy to say, hey, man, you okay? And he goes, yeah, I'm fine. As soon as he opens that mouth, I'm yanking that gear across his mouth. All right? That's how you win. That's how people win. Some people win. So you have to say, well, this is is a punishment hold. I'm taking the punishment. And when I made that decision, I just relaxed. I've been in the, I've been in the, you say rear naked choke. Well, nothing's going to break then. So technically that's not a submission. Well, that's a real, that's a submission. Because what you can say is if I don't tap this rear naked choke, I'm going to go out. If you have clock awareness, what you say is, I can probably hold my breath for 28 seconds. I'm in deep oxygen debt now because I'm fighting, but I think I can make it. I think I can. And you try and you do. That's it. Try and do. I, 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 don't, I don't know what to tell you. 
I, I honestly got to know what to say. I, so that's the one subjective thing I would say. But other than that, other than that, this is just it's got to be within six months to rematch. And uh, and um, and um, I don't have any I don't have any any native born dislike of Yuri. He was just used by the system in in a way that somebody who's young might make that mistake. And they've tried to do that to me, like not only on the Jenny Jones show, when I was in that midnight caller. Ain't you Mr. Ashley? I can't even do it. I can't even do it. Today must be his day because he's sky high today, motherfucker. (laughs) I was writing this stuff. We know who. So, um, so, uh, uh, um, you know, and like you just said in the comments, JB, you know, it's like, if not Glover, who people are already starting to talk in the forums and chat, like Rakich, listen, Rakich's leg is fucking fucked. You know, let me tell you something. And, and he's a known associate, Roberto, but Robert Pustouche, who's training him in Austria, he used to be a Team Sorrell guy. I was a friend of mine. So it's a team I'm not going to pick against Rakich, but I don't think Rakich can beat Yuri right now. That's not the fight to make. And they keep telling these cats who fuck up their legs, oh, you'll be back in six months. You won't be back. So finally they have the news about accused anal rapist Conor McGregor. He's not going to be ready. I already told you that. Having had a ruptured quadricep tendon and was given nine months, and 18 months later, people are making fun of me for still walking around with a cane and not training hard. I was like, I'm walking on this leg. That means every step I take, I can feel it. And I'm not even fighting guys who are top in the world. Khan is going to come back before the end of 2022. You might fucking ass he's not. You're not telling us anything. You're just keeping your name in the press. And let me tell you something. When you come back, you got ambitious plans. You're dead. You're a dead man. You're dead. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're dead. And everybody's trying to tell him, and I'm sure he's hearing them, but he can't can't publicly let on. And you got to know if it's a Chandler, there's, there's no, you're in the position now, there's no way to win this. I, there is a way. Not Diaz, because that would be a third part of a trilogy. The easy pick for him, Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo. That's the only way that makes sense. They only had one fight. Give the guy a second fight. He won't make the same mistake again. If you lose to Jose Aldo, then you got a trilogy. That's You want to get out? You got to go through me. Jose Aldo is the only way that makes sense. And Jose Aldo is reborn, still fighting, still current. It's not a, It was not like fighting Donald Cerrone. It's a legitimate pick. But you will get murdered by Chandler. You will get murdered. Closing out the trio with Diaz will have you lose You're you're not for sure not going to beat Poirier ever again. Gotta pick careful, choose carefully. So, Joanna, uh, Joanna, yeah, you know she did something that I've seen a couple of times that Philo, who I picked to win and did not win, uh, um, uh, and that uh, Viana from last week who did, and to a certain degree, Joanna, uh, where it was a weird. It was a weird kind of MMA entitlement where it was like, haven't you read the memo? Don't you know I'm supposed to win this? Haven't you read the memo? How come you don't know that I'm supposed to win this? And Dwight and, and, and Lee is like, I haven't read any memo. You're going out. You're going out, 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 out. And she did the complete right thing. She did the complete. Nobody likes to end on a downer note, but ultimately, financially, she held out for two years. If you've been following me on the Twitter machine, you know I call bullshit on that, that that was stupid. But it wasn't John Nash, as he pointed out on Care Don't Care today. So this was a strategic accomplishment. Because she's like, I'm not going to fight your ticky-tack fights for no money. So when I'm saying I'm only going to fight championships, what I'm saying is any fight I fight, you got to pay me. And the UFC was like, huh, well, how can I amortize this? Well, okay, you don't want to fight Tiki Taki Fox. I don't want to keep paying you the big money. And two years, whenever, when I'm trying to build up a legitimate one, I'll give you a chance. I'll pay you the big money for the Joy Lee thing. 
because I know at the end of that fight, one of you will be aggressively decommissioned and I won't have to pay two big salaries. And that's what happened. And she put it framed up. She says, like, kind of all the crazy stuff I've been doing the last two years, you know, it's about generating interesting fights. She did 100% the right thing. The most disturbing thing about it for me was her boob job. Forget about the male gaze. I know I'm not supposed to comment. doesn't make a difference. It's not like I can't see them. And I tell you, honest, honest to goodness, when I see boob jobs, all I can see are the saline bags on the outside. That's how I see them and I visualize them on the outside. If they were actually taped to their real breast on the outside, nobody would find that, find that uh, sexy. You know, I was actually messing around, messing around with some woman once, and I'm like, you know, trying to get her shit off. She's like, wait, wait, I gotta go to the bathroom. I go, ah, wait, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I'm like, ah, and I grab her shirt open, and I see that she stuffed her bra. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I'll let you go to the bathroom. She didn't go to the bathroom because she had to piss. She went to the bathroom because she wanted to take out the toilet paper that she had put in her bra. Oh, man. It was depressing. It's as depressing as these shirts that they're trying to sell men and do not buy these fucking shirts. These form-fitting shirts. Ah, they're selling them as helping you with your posture. Believe me, as you get older, they start serving you up this stuff because of the algorithm. Oh, it's supposed to help you with your posture. It's a fucking girdle. I grew up in the 60s where people actually used to wear girdles. Let me get this straight, girl. You mean really tight rubber that holds your fucking gut in so you can convince people that you're not heavy. Stop it. Fuck that. Fuck that. People are like, oh, Eugene, you're going on tour with Boone Well. You're going to get naked on stage? I go, I crossed that fat Elvis line a long time ago. It's Boone Well. It's not Oxbow. It's also 86 degrees in Europe right now. I could probably take off all my clothes quite comfortably but why at the age of 59 would i do that and i'm in pretty good shape it's a lot of pressure i'm on good i'm in good shape not because i want to look good on stage i'm on good shape so i don't die in the middle of a song so joanna there were a couple of cares on it that one named cat who's like chinese Matasheu, Mata, I always confuse it with the, the Israeli singer. Matashadi, that guy was great. His debut fight. There were a couple of, I watched every single fight in the card. I will not cover every single fight in the card. But I have to say, structurally speaking, this was almost a perfect card with the exception of the last 28 seconds. If you listen, if you watch the fights and it's like a piece of music, it built a lot of knockouts, you know, and the decisions weren't too whacked out. Even the one with the Valentina, the score was making you think, what objective plane are they existing on where they saw it as a 49 foot? I don't know, but generally, and it went and just as the storyline. And, you know, it was interesting because I, even the people I knew who were big Yuri fans and Yuri supporters, they were almost broken by the outcome. And appearing today on Instagram, if you paid attention, was the bald one. He was ecstatic. You ever see a thing where, where Tyson tries to beat up Don King in the car? He's actually physically trying to beat him up in the car. And then the, the, the fights, yeah, Jake Matthews is back or back. He's someplace he had never been before. So Jake Matthews is here. And Philo was fought like one of those entitled guys. Haven't you got the memo? I guess you didn't. Welcome to the canvas. And Tyson, at one point, the door falls open, and he's imagining that the fight's going to continue out of the car, and they just pull off and leave him on the highway. So I see the bald one ecstatic over Yuri's win. Like, ah, did you fucking see that? It's like, how come? Hey, hey, Mr. White, how come your attitude is so diametrically opposed to every single other person I know who's watching this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Madeline is in the in in the in the in the care column. There, there were like three solid cares off this card. The question for me always is: Will I remember well enough to remember the next time they fight? If they don't fight in this calendar year, probably not. Steph will have to remind me. 
<laughs> Not unless they owe the money. <laughs> Don King is still alive and still doing fights. He's 94 years old. I think I think he and Bob Aaron are the only reason he and Bob Aaron are still alive. And now we got Oscar De La Hoya, who's going to be the mayor of Las Vegas. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Hell of a drug. So, um, so I have to say, I'm the, I, objectively speaking, uh, um, yeah, yeah, I love that guy. That was great. The uh, Filipino cat, Kulubad. Uh, like I said, there were three or four good cares on the card. I just got to remember the names till next time they fight, which means they got to fight again in this year. But I, objectively speaking, I think I'm depressed. I and I and I and I'm not not depressed in this kind of neo postmodern way. I, I, there's too much. There's too much contingent on the wrong people making things right. For me to be happy at the end, in an MMA sense, at the end of 2022, Johnny Boney Joni has to fight Stipe. Um, Francis Ngannou has to be allowed to box and then come back to heavyweight and then fight whoever wins Stipe and Johnny Jones, Johnny Boney Joni. To share in light heavy, Teixeira has to get his second swipe at Jerry sooner before the end of the year. We're already talking six months, the next six months. They have already rebooked Volkanovsky and Holloway. Although at this time, I've kind of warmed up to Volkanovsky. I think he didn't win those two other fights. I, I, I for sure don't think he won the first one. I could see a case made for the second one. So this is a trilogy in my mind that should be played. I think Holloway got robbed at least one of those times. Vals is not going to get another swing. at. She's got to face the back of the line to fight somebody else. Valentina has got plans for her future that I hope are actuated. I don't need that to happen the next six months. It needs to happen in a year. I'm looking for reasons to, for them to keep me in. Ah, good for you, JB. Yeah, somebody appreciates the moral and intellectual quality of this show versus some of these other pretenders. The mermaid or the beard. This is my, my, my friend, my friend D-Rod calls uh, uh, Hawani and Luke. Though Luke has been nice to me in the past. Except when he was giving me the high hand about showing up on his show. That's a different story. <laughs> so so uh so and and what i need to do is trust is trust that in the next six months the wrong people will make things right and that is just a foolish fucking thing to do but i'm that mark i'm that guy showing up the 21st times and ah you know i know they stood me up the other 20 times maybe they'll be there this time hey jimmy is he gonna Man, he wasn't there 20 times. What makes you think he's going to be? I don't know. I feel different this time. I'm feeling it. It's just a little bit different. Okay. Okay. But I'm there. 21st time, I'll be there. The next six months, please. Give me, I love the sport. I love fighting. I love martial arts. But give me something. Give me something. Give me something, something, something. I mean, I understand the bald one, you know. I understand, you know, having a 42-year-old uh, Brazilian maybe is not. But, you know, Glover speaks English. He used to be a great ambassador for sport. Everybody loves the guy. I love the guy. I love him in the cage. I love him outside the cage. He's knocking on Anthony Smith's teeth, and he's apologizing. How can you not love this guy? Twenty-eight seconds. I'd like to say that that was old guy hubris, but I don't. It just shit happens, man. I got a tree in my. I got a tree in my front yard, an orange tree. Fucking died. The gardener says, "Nah, the tree's dead." I go, "Nah, nah he's always bounces back." He, I said, "I think it was just a cold snap, shocked the tree. The tree died." He goes, "Okay, I'm waiting for the tree to come alive, and I, it breaks. I go, oh, fuck, it's dead." So I get a new tree. Okay, the other orange tree was like 12 feet tall. This one is now, I'm looking at it. It's like five feet on the ground. 
And so I say to the guy who, who planted the tree, he had to pull out the old one. I go, so you think it was a fungus? You think it was a rot? Do you think he's like, no. I said, do you think I didn't water enough? He said, no. And he just looks at me and he goes, it was just the tree's time. I go, what do you mean? He goes, trees are like anything else. Sometimes they just die. So it wasn't fungus, it wasn't water, it wasn't cold. It just decided to stop living. And we had a moment in my front yard, we just stood there for a bit. And I was like, oh shit, I just assumed trees were, there's an oldest tree on earth that's, that's over 5,000 years old. If you're a Hebrew, you believe that this is, that this is the age of the universe. It wasn't a gunshot. You know how many times I have to tell people it's not gunshots? Well, that really actually wasn't a gunshot. The tree just decided to stop living, man. Just died. So I'll keep showing up. But, uh, and I'll keep believing that there's a reason to show up. But at some point, objectively, if you're a mark, you really need to look in that mirror and have a moment of clarity. And I'm looking all the time. But uh, in an objective universe, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. But I, I, I trust at the very least that we'll see Glover in there with Yuri again. And I will trust at the very least that they, since they, you know, already shot their load on all that stupid shit about him being the nature samurai guy, that the next package will be more palatable. And I'm assuming that Rakich will will uh, uh, heal himself in a time period that makes him somebody exciting to watch in the next 12 months. And I'm assuming that they'll do the right thing with Johnny Boney, Joni, and Stipe, uh, two fighters that they both clearly don't care about. And I'm assuming they'll do the right thing about Francis Ngannou in regards to boxing him, making real money, and once he's healed, letting him do what he's out there to do. And I'm assuming, yeah, you get the point. That's the end of the show. This is two one two one nine of the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper. I'm your host, Eugene S. Robinson. Uh, you may have noticed a difference. I only let people in the comments who subscribe to the show. That's a new twist. If you're listening and figure out how come I can't leave a comment, it's because you got to subscribe to the show. Subscribe to uh, 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 Look What You Made Me Do, the Eugene S. Robinson Substack. Comes to your email, easy to read. Don't pay for it. Don't want to pay for it. Up to you. Uh, Monday afternoon, we got Care Don't Care around noon. Tuesday, if the shoes fit, I have no idea. What, I know for sure it's uh, me and Alexi. Don't know whether it's Kid Nate or Nash. Figure it out in the wash. And uh, and we'll see you next week. I think there was a 14-fight card. I think I had four cares. You want me to cheat? You, you want me to, to ch- cheat the beat? I picked Calvin. So anyway, stay out of trouble. Try not to die. We'll see you soon. The way you made me die! Oh!